Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Arrowheadpride.com. Ron Cop. Ron, good morning. Thanks for getting up uh, early with us. Yes, sir, Jay. Appreciate you having me. You caught me uh, before we record our podcast, so I'm I'm ready. I got takes ready to roll, so we're we're good. We're the weekly ready. podcast. What's what's going to be the uh, what's going to be the theme today? I mean, I'm I'm really interested, and, and from the the time the game ended, I just really wanted to see what is going on with this offense. What exactly is the issue? Why is it looking as bad as it ever has in the Mahomes era? Um, I, there's so many different factors. Um, there's just so many different things. You can't pinpoint it on one thing and, and we're really going to get it broken down, but Hey, we can break it down right now too, Jay. So, so what you got? Well, when you watch the game and the all 22 and you watch the film, uh, obviously, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, open receivers at points and, and, and Mahomes didn't hit it. A lot of it falls on him. Uh, the offensive line did not block, uh, well at all this game. Hey, their worst game of the year. Uh, the receivers continue to run porous routes, uh, drop the football, and don't remember how to line up correctly. It was a culmination of a whole bunch of things, and there's coaching involved in that too. Where do you, where do you, where do you pin the most blame on that? If there's a pie chart, who do you give the most blame to for the offense? Well, it just seems like when you watch that game, more than it has at any point this season, and we're talking about week 16, we're talking about the 15th game of the season, you still see these, this lack of detail, this lack of um, just, just a, 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 yeah, detail, really, because when you see guys like Patrick Mahomes having to, having to say the play call again, you know, they're, they, they're late out of the huddle because he, he has to kind of re-huddle them. You know, that happened not just on one time. You know, there was that one time on the fourth down they actually ended up converting it. But, you know, the crazy part is Pacheco ends up not lining up correctly on that play. Man, that's a play they run constantly in fourth and one situations, you know, whether they are handing off to Pacheco out of that full, fullback situation, uh, fullback position and, and Mahomes actually fakes at that time rolls out. Right. But th- that's, a, that's a play they constantly, constantly do in short yard situations. So for, for it to be, you know, a, 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 a not lined up correctly at first was, was a little discouraging. And then you see other times where Mahomes is, is off, off on, you know, not on the same page with Rasheed Rice on a third and five. Right. You know, he throws it quickly. Rice isn't ready for it in the soft in the soft zone, and 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 doesn't have his hands up. You see Mahomes immediately after after the ball falls to the ground, yell at Rice and have and and kind of put his hands in a gesture him up like a catching position. I mean, some of this some of this stuff is and you know burning timeouts. There were times they had to burn timeouts, and and, and some of that. It's just that kind of is the 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 foundation layer of, of the lack of of success for the Chiefs' offense this year. It's just there just seems to be something you know, just, just kind of just a tick off. And I know Andy says that, but you know, it's true. And, and, and it's compiled with the drops, like you all mentioned, but 
you know, there's just these little things. And, and even the scoop and score for the Raiders, right? That, you know, the Pacheco touchdown was great. That was an awesome play design. We love that. But, you know, do you really, do you really want to go to a direct snap backed up into your own territory the, next, the very next play just after they just saw a play where Pacheco's directly, you know, getting a handoff? I just, there's just some things, just these, these little things here and there that, that really just, you know, just compile. And, and honestly, the pick six, too, I, I should end with that. The pick six really was, you know, it was, a, it was a sloppy route on Watson's part. You know, he didn't go up and, and help contest the pass. It could have been an incompletion at the very worst. Um, but it was a great play by the corner. But, again, Mahomes kind of doesn't follow through. You know, there's just these little things, man, and, and it really added up this game. It was overall one of the ugliest games they've ever played as an no, no, it was. It was completely frustrating. I, these slow starts are what really put them in the hole, man. You know, these slow starts and, you know, getting down what – they ended up coming back and winning 31 to 17 against the Raiders down 14 could have been 17 Raiders missed the field goal, uh, but did come back and win that game. So credit them for coming back in that game. But the first couple drives are usually scripted, but man, it couldn't have gotten any worse. The, they only ran 11 plays in the first three series of the game this past weekend. It was just like you said, you know, the guys weren't in the right place. They, you know, just things that we're not used to seeing with the chiefs to come down to coaching and, and individual responsibilities like this isn't the way that that they've conducted business the, I mean when you beat the Chiefs and it was hard man because they had to really really wait for them to make a mistake because they just didn't and this year's been a whole bunch of mistakes yeah I mean I, I pointed out in this in these last eight games where they are three and five you know pretty pretty unbelievable record for the Chiefs in, in any sort of stretch of games to be uh, under 500 they are the turnover ratio is, is is five to fifteen. So they've forced five turnovers and given away fifteen. I mean that is an unbelievably bad turnover ratio in that short of a of a of a time span. And and you know that that speaks to the offense not you know or you know not taking care of the ball, but also the defense maybe not creating enough turnovers. But you can't you know this is really on the offense. And you know you mentioned the the first three plays of this game. You know Jay, the one thing is is not only are, are, is the pass offense looking sloppy, but they're being put in bad positions all the time because, especially this game, the run offense was non-existent. Besides Pacheco's 12-yard touchdown run, the running backs combined for 20 rushing yards over 14 attempts. And that, in the first three drives was, was a great example of the team putting themselves behind the sticks and, and, and having to con- try to convert third and 10, third and 15, third and nine. That was, it's not as easy this year as it was in years past, right? That used to be a, you know, something we felt confident Mahomes could convert. And this year, they really do need those third and shorts. And even then, they're kind of challenging. But, uh, yeah, I, I think really you know, not having the early down offense either to really help, you know, not having any sort of ground game. This, this, this pass offense needs all the help they can get from the surrounding factors. Pass protection too, right? You know, and, and, and none of that stuff was really working on Monday. When you look at the receivers and, you know, Justin Watson, you know, was talked about a lot with Dan Orlovsky breaking down films, like showing, all right, he's beat his man off the line. He's got to go straight in the field. He got to change whatever out he was doing and understand he's got the whole field in front of an end zone and give Mahomes that target. And instead, he busted off straight towards the safety in the Philadelphia game. The Raiders game in Las Vegas looked great because he was knocked on the ground by Spillane. He gets up, creates a pocket uh, for Mahomes to throw a touchdown pass. And he did twice in this game. It looked like Rice and, and Mahomes weren't on the same page because Mahomes was ready for him to do something else. But he didn't quite do it. Um, have we seen so much of that? Like, is that been one of the biggest problems of his receivers? And I know they all went down and worked out with Mahomes in the offseason. Uh, Camp Pat down there in Texas. But is that how big of a problem is the receivers and quarterback not on the same page? Not for the play that was called, but the play that's run. 
Exactly. It's a huge problem. And and it's why you're seeing this downfield pass offense be just almost non-existent. I, I tweeted out a stat yesterday, but Patrick Mahomes is tied for the lowest completion rate on deep passes of the of all full-time NFL starters this year. He's tied with Baker Mayfield. He is only completing 27% of passes that he throws 20 or more yards downfield. And that's just, you know, in years past, you know, you could almost say, well, hey, look, you know, defenses are not giving them opportunities to throw it downfield. So it, it is a very, you know, uh, low completion rate kind of pass for them because you're, you're always facing too high and it's always going to be congested down the field. They don't want to give you the, the vertical shots, right? This year, defenses are, 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 are definitely allowing the, the offense to have those vertical shots. They're, they're not respecting, you know, the, the, the vertical players in this offense. That's why, you know, you saw against the Raiders especially, those safeties were flying up to the line of scrimmage. They had no worries about letting a, a Justin Watson or MBS behind them, and, and, and rarely did they get behind them and, and threaten them at all. Um, you didn't see any sort of deep passes. Mahomes, I think, was 0 for 3 on passes thrown. 20 or more yards downfield. I know that Richie James one late uh, was beat, but it actually was, was still, uh, you know, just below 20 yards. All that to say, you know, this, this downfield passing game, you know, it, it, in years past, they've had a better excuse. But it, this year, defenses are giving them chances to go down the field, and they are not making them pay for it. And that's the biggest reason why you're seeing everything else look so ugly, because defenses can play to the line of scrimmage, can attack the quick screens, can attack the run game. Because they don't, they don't have a worry about, uh, you know, anyone flying past them deep for a 70-yard bomb like they have, you know, in, in years past. Do you think it's affected the running game? Because I have. I mean, they're 20th in the NFL in running the football. They really struggled running the ball uh, this last game. Mahomes actually up to 387 yards rushing. That's the most he's ever had in the history of Patrick Mahomes in a season. He's got more this year than any other year. But he had to be that guy because the running game couldn't get there. But are you starting to notice guys creeping up more? I mean, eight men in the box would never happen against Mahomes in the past, but because the Chiefs aren't throwing deep, you see the defenses start creeping up and creeping up, and that definitely takes out the running game. 100%. Yeah, no, it, you know, this run game and Andy Reid's offense has always been predicated on running against light boxes, right? Always seeing those six-man six boxes because the teams are so worried about being spread out and, and, and having to uh, defend the sidelines, defend the vertical plane. Right now, they, they don't even worry about the jet sweeps. You know, they, they're not worried about getting to the sideline and, 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 you know, making sure McColl doesn't get around the edge. You know, there's no, there's no speed right now, especially on Monday, right, without, without Tony in the game to, to really give them much speed. You know, Richie James is not a, a burner type of guy. He's more of a quick guy. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of things where, where this, it, it's very simple right now and how to attack the Chiefs offense, and they are not making defenses pay uh, for for making for being simplified, right? From playing from one high, from playing in those eight man boxes, from you know, from trusting you know guys in, in straight man coverage. I mean, receivers are not creating separation. And you know, one example I will say is is you know the the rookie as 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 well as he's done. You know, separation has been a tough thing for him. And on that fourth down play where they turned over it on downs, you know, Mahomes puts it up for him in the end zone. You know, he, the the play works out. The play kind of opens up for Bryce to create separation, have a chance to go up and get the ball, but he's just not strong enough to overcome the coverage and you know that, that that is one thing where they are relying on on a guy in his first year to be their 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 number one option right now and, and that's going to lead to to some of the struggles that you're seeing I know Tony didn't play I know Sky Moore's on IR I doesn't explain why MVS had 80 percent of the snaps uh Rich James that's proven he does catch everything thrown to him showed that in St. Joe uh is the Chiefs trusted punt returner it's able to make the uh, crucial catches on punt returns with the guys right in his face. He only gets 33% of the snaps, yet had the biggest play in the game, a 45-yard reception, ends up a three for 54. 
To me, I know he had two snaps the week before, but 33% and then MVS getting 80%. So they got to figure out, I know different roles for what they do, but they got to figure out offensively to put the best players in position because I know Richie James, one-year contract or whatever, but he is proving he can be either the best or second best wide receiver they have. Yeah, I agree. I, I was very excited about Richie James in training camp. Um, and, and then I do think there's still a chance that he could, you know, almost, almost kind of save the receiver position this year. If he is more of a reliable target than they've had in Tony in sky Moore this year from the slot, you know, they, they really have eaten up some, some slot snaps and, and that's where Richie's going to be able to succeed. But yeah, you know, they, they tried to reduce MBS snaps the, the, the week before. I do think injuries did play, play, you know, account into that, you know, they are, you know, thin at the receiver position all of a sudden and guys that have, that have been playing all year. And so I think you're going to see when Tony, you know, when Tony does return and hopefully in a more limited role and Richie is the more, you know, the kind of the guy playing more like 50, 60% of the snaps and Tony's more the 20, 30% kind of in that gadget role. You know, I, I think then you could maybe see MBS snaps start to go down because Watson uh, clearly is Mahomes' preferred downfield target, you know, and, and more and more trusted downfield target, even though, you know, this, this last game wasn't maybe his best game. He still is, you know, a guy that can threaten safeties uh, vertically and, and has made some tough catches this year down the field, more, definitely more than M11 has. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think you need to see Justin Watson's snap count, you know, take over almost, you know, almost take over the downfield routes. And then, yeah, you'll see, you'll see once Tony back, uh, you know, Tony and, and Richie James really dominate those slot snaps along with Rice. Would you, uh, Florio put an article out there about bringing uh, B enemy back if he's fired in some kind of capacity. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I was asked, you know, weeks ago on the post game, you know, would it make a difference with B enemy, you know, being here still or, uh, or Matt Nagy? And I remember last year, Eric B enemy got critic, uh, criticized every week. We'd have text about Bienemy, and Andy Reid still calls the plays. I don't think it makes any difference, to be honest with you, with the schemes. I, the lack of talent is the lack of talent. But I, I, I will say this: he didn't mind getting in your face, and sometimes I think they need that. Yeah, that you took the words out of my mouth. I, I really think it's just a difference in coaching styles, and I do think when you look at kind of how Andy Reid is coaches, and and kind of how many of his assistants maybe or his disciples coach. You know, they're, they're more, you know, uh, players, coaches, right? Or, or I guess just, you know, they, they definitely are, uh, you know, kind of soft soft speakers maybe in the media. Um, Nagy is definitely, you know, uh, falls into that category, right? And, and honestly, I've always said this, Jay, is, is when you hear Nagy talk about Mahomes, he kind of gushes over him a little bit, right? The enemy doesn't necessarily gush over him. He's a player. You know, he, he's, he's, his, he's his player. He's, he's, a, he's a soldier, right? You yeah, know, he, he calls he, him a competitive prick. Right, and, and, and I just – there might be just that little, in my opinion, there might just be that little difference in, hey, you know, this guy is actually going to get in 15, you know, head and, and, and kind of get him. You know, we, we saw 15 to be enemy get after it, you know, a couple times. And that stuff might be important for 15 to really get, you know, really lock into a game sometimes. You know, someone really getting on him and he may not be getting that same sort of, you know, discipline kind of, you know, getting in, getting in him from the current coaching staff. And that's just a ch- changing coach. That's just a difference in coaching styles. Maybe there's pros on the other side of that, that, that I don't see um, that, that benefit the team. But I just, I, I do think there could be that one thing and you, and you put it right, just kind of getting in someone's butt a little bit. Uh, defensively, Ron, this team, there's really not anything to complain about. Uh, uh, the, the rushing defense would be the only thing. Uh, they give up way too many yards on the ground, but other than that, this defense has been fantastic and it's a, a shame they're kind of wasting. All they really need, to be honest with you, 
is uh, well, they're number two in the NFL in total offense, now, total defense now. Excuse me, and number two in points against, seventeen point seven points a game, meaning the offense, for all intents and purposes, just needs to score seventeen point eight points a game, and it'd be much different. Well, that's where you can you can sit here and you know as, as doom and gloom as, as the offense is making it feel, you know, in, in this year's NFL. You know, with with all the different, you know, kind of the the parity. I mean, you know, having an elite defense, which the Chiefs have, have, tr- have proven to have when everyone's healthy, um, is going to make a difference. Uh, you know, absolutely, especially an elite pass defense. I mean, not allowing a completion for the last three quarters of a game, um, you can't ask for any much more than that, right? I mean, obviously, at the end they gave away the the runs, but man, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to to get too hard on them. Um, you know, the run defense has been a little soft. Um, you know, just all year or all down the stretch, I should say. Um, but again, the pass defense is what really matters, in my opinion, especially if the, if the offense does get it together whatsoever. You know, this coverage is just ridiculous right now. The, the what Spags can do in the back end, you know, they're missing B. Cook, but Shamar Connor has come on. Um, you know, Dave Merritt was praising him the other day, telling, you know, saying, you know, he hasn't had a rookie that's able to play as many positions as Connor is and, 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 and really, you know, looks, looks more and more comfortable as, as the season goes on. So that's just another piece for this deep, this defensive backfield to kind of use and and their, uh, you know, late down packages or cast down packages. And I will say, Jay, it feels like Spags has definitely, you know, kind of dialed it back a little bit in terms of getting too creative on pass downs. I think he he's playing more straight up, knowing he can, knowing the defense can win like that, and saving up the good stuff for for when it matters. So I do think this defense is is in a good spot right now and and heading in the right direction, momentum wise. Well, that was my favorite pick. That was my favorite pick. Ron was uh, Shamari Connor. Uh, sitting there. Yeah, you're on it, man. Uh, a couple more things for you. Uh, one, Sneed, would you bring him back? Only because we know that there's going to be certain players walking. And whether it's Chris Jones here, I don't think he ends up coming back to the Chiefs. But not always huge on bringing guys back from their contract. But uh, ascending players are different. He is a shutdown guy. They will shut down your best receiver, which I think brings tremendous value. The way he hits, the way he can play nickel, do everything in that secondary but Snead's value is priceless at this point. I know, man. He has really built himself up his value, and 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 it is hard to deny that. You know, you want him on your football team. You know, for that price, for that big price that he is going to be able to demand, because he is just such an all-around player. I mean, that's one thing I I was truly worried about heading into the season was, man, they're really going to take away his playmaking by by kind of putting him on the outside, where you know maybe he's not as good as he is as a true true playmaker from the slot where he's attacking the line of scrimmage, blitzing off the edge, you know, really filling in as a run defender at times. I really thought that was the best way to utilize him, but you're seeing that he has added this layer to his game to make him a true cover corner. And he still has the rest of that, that I just mentioned, he can still play from the slot, but even from the outside, he can really defend the edge. That's one thing this year that you see from the chiefs a lot is teams cannot get around the edge on the outside on outside runs because Snead or even McDuffie, you got to give him credit too are really flying down, uh, not letting themselves get blocked and, and turning stuff back in. But Snead is a big part of that. And, and yeah, I, I think he is, he's making it, you know, very worthwhile to, to keep him around. And, you know, when you think about it, just, just in the, you know, just in general, right, you know, you mentioned Snead being ascending, an ascending player. The other big-time player on that defense that is, that'll be looking for a contract is, you know, is in a different stage of, of that, uh, you know, of their career. So, yeah, I mean, I'd almost lean, lean Snead at this point between him and Chris Jones in terms of you know, who you who you really want to give that big money to with where they're at in their career. Talking to Ron Cop, leading Ellis Arrowhead Pride dot com for a few more minutes. Uh, Ron, two quick things for you. 
One, Wanye Morris, because this was big to me, because Andy Reid doesn't usually trust rookies at left tackle like that. And the other thing is, because this frees up the Chiefs to concentrate more at wide receivers in the draft in Detroit than to worry about finding a left tackle in that way or free agency. So his development was pivotal, took a huge step back, got as well as welcome to the NFL uh, this week against the Raiders. Do they have something, Wanye? So he, here's the thing. I was definitely skeptical uh, this year of him being able to play left tackle right away, all the way back in the training camp in preseason. Got to remember that Morris was a right tackle for, the, for his last two seasons um, in college at Oklahoma while Anton Harrison was playing that left tackle spot. And so, you know, it was maybe going to take a little bit of time for him to, to, to look, you know, super comfortable on that side anyway. He did play left tackle in college just in his earlier years. Not to say he hasn't played left tackle. Sure. But man, like 17 he, to 12, that's a split. It was like 17 games at left, 12 at right, but you're right the last two years were right. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing is, is you know, I, I do think, you know, he's played well enough at left tackle in terms of uh, as a run blocker, although this game, you know, maybe wasn't as, as, as good as the other games. But, but definitely one, definitely enough where I'm, I'm excited to see his development and give him, you know, a little more time with Andy Heck to really, you know, refine you know, his pass set, because I think that's the one thing is we all saw the talent, you know, he was, he is a talented prospect, but there was inconsistencies in his pass blocking, you know, that really was what it was, you know, there were times where it did get kind of ugly at Oklahoma um, in spurts, right, and and it's just because he needs to, to be more consistent, just needs to refine his tools, and that's why they have a great offensive line coach to do that, so yeah, it was, it was definitely an ugly performance Monday, Malcolm Koontz, six career sacks in three years, heading into the game, had three sacks on him, um, or, you know, mostly on him, it seemed like, um, and that's, and that's a, like you said, welcome to the NFL moment, you know, he'll learn from it. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him grow from that. Um, but it is definitely, you know, I, I think it is definitely, you know, more of a concern than it was, you know, last week, people not really considering the fact that, yes, this is a rookie left tackle, not a first round pick um, starting on the home of the blind side. That is going to be a problem heading down the stretch. And last thing for you, Ron, just really quickly, how concerning is it against the Bengals? that the Bengals are the, well, like the Raiders were the fewest penalized team in the NFL. They're the second penalized, uh, fewest penalized team, and they're plus eight, which is number two in the NFL in turnover ratio. The Chiefs dead last at minus 10. How, how big a concern are you over those two factors? Man, that's the thing is, is the Bengals are a team that, you know, just because they don't have Joe Burrow doesn't mean, you know, this isn't the same team that, that wants to end the Chiefs and, and has, you know, and knows how to, right? You know, they know how to beat the Chiefs. And they'd love to spoil this season for them, you know, kind of maybe make it really hard for, you know, hard for them. Because if the Chiefs lose another game with, with some of what's going on in the, in the rest of the AFC West, there's still a chance the Chiefs could slip out of all this. Um, and so, yeah, the Bengals would love to do that. Their defense has definitely not been as good as, in the, as years past, though. So I'm not sure if they can. Um, and, and obviously the Chiefs offense isn't as, you know, isn't as explosive as it was in years past. But missing Von Bell and Jesse Bates, their safeties from last year, is a huge Huge thing, and it's really made this this pass defense a little more susceptible. They still have the same pass rushers, though. We just talked about Wanya Morris. Him going against Trey Hendrickson is going to be uh, a big deal, um, something to, to definitely monitor uh, when, when you watch the game Sunday. So, yeah, I, I think there's definitely you know going to be a, a you know a nervous a nervous watching on Sunday, knowing this Bengals team is is you know just because they lost their last game, they were playing pretty good ball with Jake Browning uh, going into that game. Great stuff, Ron Copley, the analyst, ArrowheadPride.com. Ron, have a good podcast. Good talking football with you, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right, Jay. Appreciate you, man. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.